0: I'm Charlie Taylor. I'm been Carter, run Hip Hop with enemies on Twitter. Use Hip Hop Statistics to highlight the bigger picture.
1: I direct to the fifth element, but I highlight the fifth element of Hip Hop, which is knowledge. And finally, someone let me out of the cage oh, to no. do digging digits.
0: that out man i didn't think we were gonna go i thought we we're gonna do mr mr double but we didn't get mr double charlie reached back into our heart and pulled out some nostalgia when
1: he comes when he starts to that it's just like oh you just you just know it's gonna be filthy oh. hi ben how's your week been what's this week
0: this week man this week all right so i did listen to the Doji cat album i'm not being paid by Doji cat I want to I say to. this someone had to not not that many people did actually it didn't do too well but um, look man I, I enjoyed it a lot when I first listened to it obviously it's it's a more rap centric album she says at one point in the promo that she wanted to be a little bit more like J. Cole who obviously carries albums without any features so she doesn't have any features on here which might be a little bit daunting. You might think, well, what does Doja Cat have lyrically? But I actually did the analysis last night and there's actually, it's a very fascinating album. There's a lot of self-reflection and the self-reflection is not you know, Instagram level insight into what she's going through and the kind of person that she is. It's actual self-reflection. She obviously has a good understanding of herself or at least this character that she's playing if she is playing one on Scarlet. And yeah, from that place, it's it's actually quite fascinating. The relationship songs are not very good. They're not very good, they're not my bag at all. I didn't enjoy them, but aside from that, I thought lyrically, she's actually pretty funny. Punchlines are pretty good. Um, and she kind of makes a lot of people look pretty silly. So yeah, no, I enjoyed it. There's a lot of awareness of her situation. You know, there's a lot of self-awareness on here, self-deprecation as well. Um, and so when she brags and criticizes her critics it doesn't come across as victimhood it just comes across as you guys are stupid like i'm really rich and famous and i'm doing what i want to do and you can keep criticizing me but it just keeps making me money so yeah it was i thought it was good i enjoyed it a lot didn't know what what to expect um but yeah a little tech up drop tech yeah it's solid uh front to back it's not really anything to write home about but you're not going to be disappointed it's not mansion music you're not going to be very very disappointed so yeah i reckon check it out um, let's see what else here. K trap and heady one drop strength to strength and it is bangers on bangers on bangers. Nice to hear heady one sounding so menacing again. K-trap really pulled him back into that place and yeah, I enjoyed this project a lot. Wasn't sure what to expect because heady one's been going all over the place a little bit lately, but that no, was great. Um I think that was about it. Oh Earth Gang dropped their new Rip Human Art, which obviously is right up our alley, you know, talking a lot about the algorithm defining what's successful and what isn't successful and of course we fully subscribe to that we know that that's the case and yeah it's warm it's a nice project something one five tracks I think so yeah no, that was all right oh Mike Wiki and the Alchemist dropped Alchemist uh, this was an interesting production from him um, it just felt warmer it felt more inviting than it, it I don't know it just felt a little bit different to what he's been doing lately and you know I love Mike and Wiki so yeah that was a no brainer it's a good project um, yeah, that was myself, Charlie, what about you?
1: I love how outdated, culturally outdated, the term nothing to write home about is.
0: Oh yeah, that's old school.
1: <laughs> it's low-key, just such a, such a fucking World War Two fucking saying, but we still yeah. say it. Yeah. I, I, I wonder when that actually will just die out of cultural irre- irrelevance, but um, yeah, outstanding. Um, plenty of um, yeah, plenty of projects, actually, this week. Um, I actually have a... I actually have a, a backlog now again, uh, once again, uh, but yeah, uh, Lizzie Birchie, uh Am I an adult yet? Uh, another EP um, from one of the best upcoming um, modern R and B uh, UK and R and B artists oh, out there right now. Uh, really loved her EP Under the Sun uh, from uh, from last year. I think it was last year. Well, yeah, yeah, last year, late late last year. I put it on my EP list. And uh, yeah, she come out with this one. And um, it's just really, again, just really, really solid songwriting, really solid vocals. No project's about uh, uh, just under 18 minutes, six tracks. So um, really just a really nice, solid little, little project to put on. Um, definitely a good uh, good shout. Uh, Indigo Phoenix uh, with a Y in the Enix. Uh, and P.A. Dre, The Conjuring Revamped. Um, always enjoy a little bit Indigo Phoenix, um, yeah, it gives me that, um, in that realm of, um, you know, just, uh, underground artists um, at the moment, um, just, uh, playing our stuff now and again. I think she does uh, other, other work as well, um, uh, which is, which is cool, um, uh, but it's nice to see her just coming through to do some music again. And, uh, yeah, really like P.A. Dre's, uh, or Padre. Ah, Padre. Get Ooh, it. Uh, there you so go. It's, it's, you it's, got there. it's put it's 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 capital P A and then dot Dre, so but yeah, it might be Padre. I think it's PA Dre. But anyway. Um yeah, love his beats, uh, really good beat selection here. Um really uh dark um but uh nice layered um production. Really enjoyed that. And, uh, yeah, really solid performance by Indigo Phoenix, um, carries it very well, um, nearly half an hour project, um, so, yeah, man, really good, uh, really solid project. Uh, OTG, Man of a Few, um, if you don't know OTG, he is, uh, Lil' Sims' uh, DJ slash hype man, and, uh, yeah, he's come out with his first, uh, debut album, and, um, I find this a very interesting album, actually, um, I think the... Especially the first track, um, starts off really nice. Uh, Sade Wilson, Shade, Shade Wilson comes in, um, uh, to do some to do some lyrics on that, and uh, it's nice, poetic. Um, but the production is just so so crispy, and that's all OTG. Um, but yeah, he comes in with a few, um, few bars here and there, coming through with uh, come through the bars on uh, on tracks as well. So that's cool. Um, but yeah, there's some really good, uh, really good stuff here. I think I really, I think his production skills are very underrated. And uh, I wish he, I wish he just, um, you know, just do more for others um, in terms of that, and just really uh, spread his wings on that front with his production, because uh, I feel like he does have a really good, um, a really good personal language uh, to himself, um, and uh, really comes across very well in this album. Uh, it's about 35 minutes, so yeah. Really solid. Listen, uh, good debut. Uh, Governor B, of the village is on fire. Um, it's actually came. Well, okay, <laughs> I got confused because it said 06-02-23, uh, and I was like, did this come out in February? Um, but no, it's um, it's the it's the wrong way of doing dates, where it's the month first. Um, so well, it did drop in June. Um, but yeah, it, uh, finally came around to it. I totally forgot it's uh, dropped. I meant to spin it ages ago, but um, here we are. We're here now. Um. Michaela Cole on the first uh, on the first track with like a voicemail kind of um, giving the context of the album cover, um, which um, is uh, Governor B's uh, eye cut open. Um, it's not the best album cover to look at. Um, it's aesthetically not pleasing, and that's kind of the point, obviously. Um, but yeah, past that, you got Gets on here as well um, with a nice, uh, really nice um, uh, uh, duo performance on "You Get Me." Uh, Brothers Keeper, solid case Close, Revenge ain't sweet. Really good. Um, the end of the album really just ramps up nicely, and um, there's a lot of uh, cultural commentary around, uh, all around this album. Uh, everyone's a hypocrite. A just uh, yeah, it's just got really good, uh, really good um, subject matter all over the spot. And uh, yeah, so good, solid album there. Uh, Little Dragon and April and Vista uh, slipping into color. Um, I rarely listen to Little Dragon. Um, I don't... Well, I don't listen to Little Dragon. But um, I know of Little Dragon. And uh, I know of April and Vista as well. That's kind of the only reason... That's, that's the main reason I, sp- I spun this. Uh, because I saw April and Vista live um, when they supported Little Sims uh, during her Grey Area tour. And uh, they put on a good show. I really enjoyed the, the, the essence they had. Um, had kind of this... Uh, violin slash beat pad thing going on and the violin had like a tube with it to I don't know what do something with it, right? Um and it was interesting. It was it was different. I uh, didn't see that before. And uh yeah, this is a, if you've listened to Lil, obviously Little Dragon, very well known. And uh, if you haven't listened to April and Vista, I can tell you that it's a match made in heaven. Um, it makes complete sense that these, t- <laughs> these two um, entities uh, did this project together. And yeah, so four tracks, not too long. Um, but yeah, really, really just really vibey, really atmospheric. Um, great vocals and uh, yeah, really solid piece of work. Uh, Safiya with two Ys. Uh, motions. Little AP. Um, Really likes the fire and her voice, really nice voice. Um, I like No Pressure at the end with a feature by Doove, uh, spelled D-O-O-V. Very solid uh, track there, but yes, um, really vibey, really replayable. Just um, just, just really, really nice uh, piece of work right there. Uh, A couple of instrumental projects. uh, L'Orange with uh, Old Soul um, to basically kick off his new... Um, his new label, uh, Old Soul uh, Music, um, got the likes of Shout to the Friend of 5e e, Nappy High who he's got on there. Um, also the likes of Blue. Um, I think uh, he's got Sky Zoo and Sky Zoo's label. I, I forgot how that works, but he's got Sky Zoo as well. Um, and uh, only Blue's on here um, officially. I think there's another, there's another one or two tracks that has vocalists on there. Um, but yeah, majority of it is instrumental. And uh, if you haven't listened to Laurent uh, Bees before, where you have been? But um, you know they're very, very dusty in a very good way. <laughs> um, uh, he he's like he's like Danger Mouse in that way, where like he he kind of collects samples where where it seems like he collects samples from a very specific time. And as you can imagine by the title, "Old Soul" is just it just sounds that the sample sounds super dusty, like he like he digs through radio plays from the fucking 1910s. I mean, it's just really, it's really, it's really odd. I don't know how he, how he finds this shit, but it's, it's, is fascinating and unique, um, for sure. I don't know anybody else that um, does sampling like he does. And uh, obviously DJ Premier as well, Beats It Collected Dust Volume 3. I think I saw a video of it. I love the album cover, by the way. It looks so sick um, with the shadows, but um, it's, uh, it's kind of just a, as you can imagine, beats are collected dust. It's beats that he made for other artists, but they never actually took. So he was like, "Fuck it, put it on an album." Um, you can get that by uh, some of the names here. Eight forty-five, spelled E I H T, so M Um Yeah, uh, <laughs> the, the 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 song D M X Bark and Growl, very good. You um, <laughs> you you get it. You you get it. As soon as I said it, you get it because literally just the beat. And DMS go, it's good it's just it's great. It's, it's, it's sounds outstanding. Uh, in Mo is really good track as well. really love to be on that one., uh, so yeah, if you I mean, i I don't need to guess you up to put on DJ premier beats, but yeah. and lastly, Amindi, uh, take what you need. Um, I found this kind of um I was I was kind of in the middle, you know, as a, uh, as as the album went in the beginning, you know, I had the Kenny Mason feature, I, was, I think it was all right. Um and uh, Jordan Ward on Bake was okay and he did this thing at the end where he like he said bitch and he was like I don't mean you're a bitch a meanie you know bitch is um gender neutral I could be a bitch and I'm just like what's this track about this <laughs> so is really random end to a track but after that there's this three track stretch in Good Cry and Nightmare and Big Boss that are just mm, tasty creamy um so yeah really good. Uh, it takes a while to get going, but it's a really solid um uh, modern R&B, contemporary R&B project. Uh, but yeah, shout out to amini uh, Amindi, spell A M I N D I. And with that said, shall I get into our topic for this episode, which is a retrospective on the one and only Del the Funky Homo Sapien, or Del the Funky Homo Sapien? Depending how you spell it, because he can't decide which one to fucking spell. Um, <laughs> but yeah, obviously, uh, uh, you know, head of hieroglyphics, which we obviously did uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, Hiero Imperium, and um, you know, just a mainstay in alt, quote unquote, alternative hip hop scene, the independent hip hop scene, and a and always, always, always a great pick uh, for a feature. So with that said, uh, Ben, what have you got for us?
0: Yeah, it's an interesting story. It's probably one of the most unique we've covered on this podcast because... Del began as the cousin and writer of one of the most iconic hip-hop artists of the 80s and 90s, Ice Cube. And this introduced him to the mainstream landscape. But what he chose to do once uh, he made it in there, um, you know, that's the story. Because twice in his career, he found mainstream success and actively turned away from it. His early 2000s renaissance via Gorillas is one likely we've never seen on this podcast because, you know, he's a rapper who released his first two albums on a major label, left the label, when independent, then his next two independent albums actually charted higher than his first two major label albums. And then he ascends independently to a whole new commercial peak via one of the most iconic songs in hip hop history, electronic history, pop history, Clint Eastwood by Gorillaz. And this track became a beacon for all the indie kids who got their music from MTV rather than message boards. And it pushed the track to number 57 on the Hot 100 and a staggering number four on a UK singles chart. And so, you know, Dell's story is actually really fascinating. He's famously a very hard worker. He tours incessantly. He gives countless interviews. He puts himself out into the world regularly and he speaks with love and care about hip-hop and the people around him. He's very quick to dive into introspection and explain his perspective on everything from you know LOX to narcissism like this just his interviews are incredibly wide ranging and I think these qualities have helped propel his longevity into a third decade where every single person in hip-hop knows his name if you say Dell the funky homo sapien it was funny it was a few weeks ago I think I bought one of his albums um, and my mom looked at it and she said that's a funny name Dell the funky homo sapien and I'm like wow I met someone who didn't know who he was like pretty much everyone I've ever known has known exactly who Dell is (laughs) And he started off independently, you know, he started off not independently, but like he, he, he blew up independently, you know, when he started on a major label, then he left. That's when he actually became as famous as he is now, which is really fascinating. And obviously his connection to Ice Cube, um, it was pivotal. Not only did it give Dell a place in the industry uh, through Ice Cube's group, the Lench Mob, but, you know, they were, uh, that was influential and and. Uh, in the formalization of hieroglyphics as a group because, you know, it was here that Dell really began writing and making a name for himself and he saw what Ice Cube was doing with the Lynch Mod and, and that kind of created hieroglyphics and he would write for the Lynch Mob, and according to King, uh, sorry, according to King T, he would even write for Ice Cube King T claimed that Dell wrote a this fairy tale on Cube's debut album, America's Most Wanted. And this is something we come up against a lot on this pod, you know, since the Drake vs Make Mill make Mill. Make Mill. Why am I mispronouncing words today? I'm not doing very well. Since the Drake Drakeverse- vs. <laughs> it's terrible. Um, Obviously, there's a spotlight shining on rappers who may not write their own bars with heavy criticism thrown their way. Some people have even refused to call them rappers if their lyrics are being written for them. But back in the 80s and 90s, this was not an issue. It was common for some of the greatest MCs of all time to get help. Ice Cube actually said in the promo for Boys in the Hood, um, when he was asked about Quentin Miller potentially writing tracks for Drake in 2014 he said I don't think it ever mattered in record making when you talk about making a record I don't think people ever cared what it takes to make a good record just make sure it's good and you know he went into quite some depth about it and it's something that's been echoed by plenty of rappers Memphis Bleak for example who's been in the news now because he's just, just been on Drink Champs mm-hmm. You know, people ask him about his debut. Sorry, his verse on Hov's debut album, and Bleak happily admits that Jay Z wrote the entire thing. And he says in other interviews, if Jay ever wants to write him a verse, he will happily take it. So you know, it's, it's not the biggest of deals. And in response to King T's assertion that Dell wrote on Cube's debut album, Dell responded uh, via Hip Hop DX saying, if you can't come out at the moment, you can just eat by writing people's shit. Not everybody's got the skill that you might have and you can get paid off of that. That's how I got paid. That's how I got on that stage. I remember that I couldn't come out because of uh, Yo Yo was coming out with an Ice Cube produced album first. To put some bread in my pocket, Ice Cube enlisted me to write some shit. And you know, we all know and love Yo Yo, and our retrospective on her was fascinating. I don't see any issue with Dell penning bars, not at all. And Dell asserts, Cube didn't need me to write raps for him and Yo-Yo didn't meet, need me to write no raps for her. He then went on to say, Ice Cube wrote my second hit, Dr. Bombay, actually. Cube wrote several songs and a lot of them he didn't use. He would give them to Lynch Mod. He'd just given them to Cam or give them to Yo-Yo. He just had a bunch of them in a book because that's all he did. So, you know, it was like, I think a lot is, gets said about Dell writing for Ice Cube early in their career because obviously Ice Cube was writing for NWA. Um... I mean, this is Dell. He's very humble in interviews. He deflects it back and said, well, yeah, but Ice Cube wrote for me. Like, you know, that's, that's, that's humility. And the became a stepping stone for Dell to a whole new level of commercial awareness. And it was through networking that Dell began to see hip hop as a viable career choice. He told an interviewer that although his father was heavily into music and had plenty of records, Dell's love for digging through crates and creating his own masterpieces from them didn't actually begin until Q-Tip. Cute tip, because of the Ice Cube connection, Dell was hanging out with the legendary Dante Ross of Electra and Domino, who we spoke about during our Souls episode and our Hiro episode, and this was a bridge to the Beastie Boys, whom Del was also spending time with. He actually said that um, he was hanging out with them when they were recording in the studio and he said it was amazing. He said he was doing mushrooms with Q-tip and went to the Beastie Boys studio to hear some music. And I want to let him tell the story because I think it's really funny. He says, it was the first time I did shrooms. I was high as hell in the studio and I had to go to the bathroom and I thought there was a monster in the bathroom. Mike D came down and was like, what's wrong? And I said, man, I went to the bathroom and I was tripping. He said, man, you need to get something to eat, let's go to the store. So he took me to 7-Eleven, bought me some Fruit Loops and some milk and was like, here, just eat this, you gotta get something in your stomach. That's how I met them. So, Del met the Beastie Boys when he was tripping on mushrooms, which I thought was pretty funny. There's not heaps to talk about in Del's origin story. His familiar connections afforded him plenty of opportunity, but he had to earn his place at the table. No one handed him anything. He wrote Mr. Dobbelina at age 19, and the song is so iconic that I was hearing it in the early 2000s on music video shows. Like, it just never went away, it's, it's brilliant. And we get his first album, which is an incredible record.
1: Yes, Ben, tell us about it.
0: Well, I, I thought maybe you'd want to talk about what did, is there anything you wanted to talk about in the intro? I forgot that we were going back and forth on this episode.
1: We are going back and forth. This is yeah, this is one of those episodes. Um, but yeah, I, I, I the only only thing I come out of that with is um, I kind of find it annoying when people come uh when people retrospectively talk about, you know, how they linked up with this person or how they linked up with this person, it's always just I hanged out with this person. It's like oh you, you you're living with them? Like where are you sleeping? Like I I, just, I don't know. I just like it just sounds like he's 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 chilling with the Beastie boys, he's chilling with the Cube, he's chilling with cuter, he's chilling with the Like what, what are you did in the middle, bro? How are you uh, like I guess he's making bread by songwriting as well, but I don't know, it's just funny how, like um I don't know how people just word it so matter-of-factly, and it's just, it's just I don't know, it's just funny to me how, it's like, um, major tangent, but it's like, uh, it's like watching some shows, and for some reason, people ask those questions, like, you know, I watched, um, I was watching 24 with my mum, Big Ups to 24, remember that? Yeah. Proper post nine eleven propaganda that was. Yep. And, um, my mum was like, when does he eat? <laughs> logically she makes she's making sense asking that question but it's perfect. like do you want to watch him eat do you want do you want him to when do they in go to the, the, the eighth m- hour go get some mcdonald's so like, what do, go do you the want? bathroom like,
0: but like when does tom cruise yeah, go to the exactly, bathroom in mission but, impossible i've never seen him go to the bathroom this man <laughs> never goes to the bathroom what is going on no, I'm saying, like, <laughs>
1: fuck's sake. i hate those but yeah i guess that's kind of where i'm where like i'm trying to have that I don't want Dale to talk about that, obviously, but that's kind of what I'm asking. But uh, yeah, it's, it's just funny when they all say like, "Yeah, I was just hanging out with this person." It's like, while doing what? Were you just there? Like, yeah. you just you just you just went to New York and just went to chill with Q-tip? Like, you didn't do anything else. Like, <laughs> how much was the flight? Oh, <laughs> like, Just logic take lo- my logic brain just uh, takes over at some point. But yes, anyway, continue.
0: No, I'm the same. I'm the same. Always in interviews when they say, oh, I was with this person or I met up with this person. I'm like, okay, but how? How did you get there? Because I don't just meet up well, with two like, tips. It's
1: something, it's something gigs went to watch Messi the other week. You don't even like football. I'm just like, what the fuck are you there, <laughs> <laughs> We need more
0: I context. swear, man, just,
1: just, just rich people just like, just get these experiences out of fucking nowhere just because someone goes like, you want to go this? I'm like, yeah, go on then.
0: Well... That is actually true. I'm, I'm not rich a, or famous, a bank and a a test. it's a real thing. Like, even at my level, you just get random opportunities that you're like, What you want me to do that? Test. That sounds sick, okay? Yeah. I'll do that, so yeah, I understand yeah. that. But yeah, yeah no, nice. we get his debut album, man. I wish my brother George was here. Um, you know, with that title and that cover art, I don't think Dell was trying to set any sales records, and that's what I love about this album because you know, Dell was wholly capable of that, Mr. Double Ener, showcased every single brilliant aspect of Dell's talent. The sample is made iconic by the song. It becomes the hook and it's so stupidly catchy. It's no wonder the song leapt up the charts. And Dell's one of a kind delivery, which is totally one of a kind. He just floats in and it gives the track direction. But this is an MC, like he's a master of his art. And all through the album, I felt like Dell's vocals only come in when they're necessary. He allows samples to grow and evolve. He allows beat space. He has such a punchy delivery when he dips into it, like when he really needs to. Um, Hearing him float and and leave so much space on songs in the right places as well, like it's very adept. And this is no more evident than Mr. Dobelina. I wanna read the Rolling Stone piece from Pat Pemberton back in 2012 on the song, just the, the start of it. It says, while gangster rap was dominating hip-hop in the early 90s, Del, a cousin of Ice Cube, found inspiration from quirkier sources, like 60s bubblegum pop groups. A big fan of the Monkees TV show, he wrote this song in response to a mostly spoken word bit by the group titled Zilch, which began with Peter Talk repeating the name Mr. Bob Dobbolina. I just kind of conceptualized who Mr. Dobellina would be, Del said, which is basically somebody who thinks... He know what hip he thinks he's cool but he's really right off like he ain't right on he's right off and you know maybe that doesn't track well for today's youth but that was a trope in the 90s on tv shows movies characters and comedy skits and it mimicked real life you know there was a mr bob dobbelina everywhere we all knew someone um usually it was a school teacher who thought that they were cool but they just weren't and you know that's a nice level to view the song on but it goes far deeper than that when the verses kick in because the lyrics you know they're far more poisonous than someone a little bit out of step with what's cool they're kind of painted with paranoia and suspicion and with criticism for fake friends and warnings for potential foes there's a great article on the guest listed blog that speaks further to the narrative running through the song i'll just read a bit of it here it says um Dobellina was del proclaiming himself rap's dissident from the very start the music industry's comp- compliance suites as he portrayed them in this track could have risen straight from the pages of 1984 with Dell painting himself as the story's protagonist, Winston Smith. In fact, even a cursory glance at much of Dell's work, particularly Del- Deltron 3030, smacks eerily of George Orwell's vision of futurist, near-parallel, funkless world. Like, that's wild to me. That's really interesting. I found that really fascinating. Um, and Dell does mention that in, in interviews. He does talk about 1984. He does talk about George Orwell. So, you know, obviously, 1984 at its core was a character tour of the malevolence that can descend upon a human when they're faced with the opportunity for total control or total power. It's a brilliant metaphor for the music industry I think and how labels shove propaganda down our throats through billboard charts, Grammys, award shows, individuality is discouraged and punished through exile. You don't toe the line, you get dropped or your album gets shelved. And, you know, I think it's pretty amazing that Dell had that insight so early, not only in his life, but so early in his career when major labels had really just begun to take up residence in the genre. And, you know, in hindsight, 100% correct. They have refused to give that residence up. They continue to to dominate the landscape. Um, And obviously the title of the album refers to George Clinton of Parliament. Dell told an interviewer for the Sound of Boston He says, as far as the title, I was a nutcase when I was younger. So when Cube asked me for the title of the LP, I stupidly did an impression of Liberace from a Bugs Bunny cartoon saying, I wish my brother George was here. So Cube ran with it and it emerged as it did. But he says, (sighs) I was a huge p funk follower, still am to this day. A lot of my philosophy on life is derived from the P, actually. So Cube was right on with the direction, to be sure. And, you know, it's a brilliant album. It really is. Like, it just hits. It hits so freaking hard. And it just... Man, I have really enjoyed doing this this listen of Dell's discography. And this is right up there. This is... I thought it was a brilliant project. And then we get his second album, No Need for Alarm.
1: Yeah. And um, it's interesting because I feel like... You know, you're giving it all that... Um, you're giving all that praise. You have this double And he just says, fuck all that. Yeah. <laughs> and just completely switches the fuck up, production-wise. And actually, considering this dropped to and, you know, hieroglyphics, album-wise, came through ninety eight, 98, it kind of just feels like a kind of like a foundation for what would be the hieroglyphic sound um it's dark it's got jazzy notes in it but it's not it's not p-funk not g-funk none of that it, it ain't got that um he does on my side of the on my side of the uh what's the word on my side of the uh of the, of the listening uh, package that we've given each other um or ben gave to me uh he doesn't, actually go, he doesn't actually go back to it until much later, um, but for now, he kind of sticks with the, like I said, what is kind of set as a sonic foundation for what hieroglyphics can become. Um, put that in the producer list. I mean, you know, Dell's got four tracks on here, but you also have the likes of uh, Domino, uh, Snoop, A-plus on the last track... Uh, casual, SD50 So yeah, you know, it really It, it, it really switches up And, um, but With that said, um, while it is a very I, I would say um, Eccentric entry um, Into it uh, I feel it's One of the, it's probably the For me, the I guess quintessential Dell performance From a ly- lyrical perspective I feel that every track gives off that uh, gives off that eccentric. You don't know where he's going next. Nature um, when he's talking lyrically. I mean, let me give you a re- uh, an example of a catch a bad one here. <clears throat> People having memory loss, they don't remember. I'm the boss. You're claustrophobic when I close in. mean, on your men, in your faculty, you're whack be out my face. You must be basing if you think that you could tackle the triumphant. I pump it, the volume. Increase as your pieces get sliced to pieces. Please listen to my album. Even if you're white like talcum and I'm paid, get just staying. Tuned <laughs> tuned with my tune and I presume to see doom. Designated to anyone who stated. A word against me, I serve an MC. Simply, put uh, uh, put like my foot up your anus, you shameless. Trying to get over, I'm a go for mine. You know the time now that I'm older, I'm gonna rip niggers' heads with said salutations, introducing Dell and his bid for boosting tales of my adventures. Attempt to try and you will limp or die. Whichever I choose, you lose. Crews get ashamed because we blame from biting. Uh, you might win if you start writing and stop fighting. No time for games. I rearrange my vocals in your headphones. Hold till I get an answer. Acknowledge and abolish all the whack records, hieroglyphics, you know. Repected This is what, what the fuck is? What the fuck is he talking about? It's, it's just, it's just, it's literally just stream of thought. It's just, it's so random. But I don't know. I, I, I mean, I, I equate it to just because his voice is that unique, and I don't really care what he's saying. It's just his voice is sick. So you know, it's just. It 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 cover, it covers for a lot, but I'm reading that I'm just like I I don't know I don't know how he got from like teddy one who stated and then two and then two lines later put like, put like my foot up your anus, your, your shabas. Like, ah, right, this, this this is what it is. It's just uh, it's just eccentric as fuck, and uh, you know I feel that's you know why people fuck with him so heavy because he does that, and it's literally just the whole album for me, I think you know just. And I was listening to this, and then listened to the others. I was just like, "Oh, okay. This this kind of feels like what Dell is to me." Like, I've, I when I was going in, I was like, "I'm gonna, I'm I'm expecting eccentric shit," and I feel like this album is the one that really uh, that nailed my expectations. I guess um, definitely not. I guess production wise, because you know when you have funky in your name i just assume he's going to be funky with it and for the majority of the time he's not um but uh, and you know it has that as a that, uh, pyroglyphic sound more more than anything um which i feel like was a uh, uh a purposeful decision to do so for obvious reasons um but yeah it's uh, lyrically very very quintessential deal
0: yeah it's interesting Dell's del's lyricism is one of the joys of this podcast like just some of the stuff he says and he has different characters and he's different and it's, it's it's fascinating so we get his third album future development and it's one of those rarest of albums which is a shelved major label album from the 90s that actually got released which is uncommon you know we've heard plenty of stories of the exact opposite 50 cent the aforementioned yo-yo clips, or with album's shelf permanently. So Dell recorded future development whilst under Elektra's watchful eye and they were not impressed with his artistic direction, possibly because of how overt his lyrics were beginning to become. Uh, it was very clear that Dell was someone with a healthy amount of cynicism about the world and about the industry, and his venom was palpable on No Need for Alarm. Like i really felt like yeah he was really and future development pulled absolutely no punches dell's nightmare is a really harrowing song with dell painting this vivid picture of what slavery was like and then straight out saying labels are slave masters and artists are slave he says the labels are slave masters artists are slaves don't get too raunchy they want you to behave you get signed you're thinking this is great but wait you never knew was what was at stake creative control they withhold you sell your soul when you sign on the dotted line hoping to go gold but you'll never see that not without promotion the label just throw your shit out and get and it got it floating you think your shit is potent but nobody buying it if they ain't never heard of it ain't nobody trying it if they ain't never heard of it your record they murder it you could complain they are not concerned a bit Because when they signed you, they thought you'd make a hit. Like, it just keeps going on like this over and over and over. And it's so scathing. And, you know, somehow Adele managed to escape the label with this album in his hands. And he actually released it on cassette tape. And eventually, it's made its way onto streaming. And if you own an original copy of that cassette, please message me because I I would like to talk to you because that would be, I think, a cool cassette to own. And the album has been described by some reviewers as too soft production-wise to match Dell's just lyrical haymakers. Like, he was just throwing fucking punches on this album. And I do understand that perspective. I felt like the inventiveness on the sample-based production um, where the beats became catchy songs in themselves. Even before Dell started spinning, I felt that this album lost that. But I, do, I don't I do dislike the production. You know, I think it still sounds a few years behind itself, maybe like LL in the mid-90s. But when you go back in time and re-listen to, um, you know, albums from 1995, like, it, it doesn't matter. Like, I feel like going back in time, it, it might have mattered at the time, but nowadays it's like... Okay, I go back in time and I listen to it, and it's like, yeah, it doesn't sound exactly like 1998, but like, that's okay. So, and I think Dell's ability to float on literally any type of production was actually beginning to set himself up for a special decade. You know, This album was the last example, I felt, of Dell's first iteration. And whilst he wasn't an MC intent on reinventing himself every single album, like for example, Tyler, the Creator, or an artist like David Bowie, his natural thirst for knowledge and understanding started pushing him into different lyrical directions. And a huge part of that, I think, was also the hieroglyphics, because their group album dropped in 1998, their debut album. And this gave a chance to expand, and yeah, absolutely, he did expand. And then we get in both sides of the brain.
1: Yeah, this one, this one uh, was kind of uh, one that I felt like was I, I I needed to put some space in between my listeners here because I was like, I was I was halfway through spinning this, and I was just like, just a little bit stressed out of how just the. <laughs> just the amount of shit just going on. I mean there's literally a track called George Gymnastics. Like what the fuck are we did here. <laughs> um I really enjoy the features on here. Um most uh chiefly um I I we haven't we haven't done a uh, LP or company flow uh, retrospective yet. But I'm excited to do so when we end up doing it because here in LP um, I mean, this dropped in the 2000s, but let's just say 90s LP um, on Offspring is so fucking fire. Uh, he just... He, bro went off, like, basically. He, ju- he just went off. And he did a production for that track as well, so that was crispy. Um, Prince Paul as well on Signature Slogans, A+, plus on uh, the last track, Stay On Your Toes, which he also did a feature on. Casual, George Gymnastics, which he also produced on. Uh, Domino, Press Rewind, and then the rest is all Dell. Um, so... Clearly, just putting more effort into the production side here, and uh, I think it. I think it works. I think um, out of um, both sides and uh, previously, um, I feel. I feel I prefer the uh, this out of the two um, as we as a, as a, at this point in time, but yeah, just oh offspring, man, absurd, absurd levels, absurd levels here. Um, so let me read a bit from Dell and then a bit from LP here. Uh, <laughs> There's this is big jizz vibes at the start of this. I'm very interplanetary and in very various experiments. <laughs> oh, what the fuck! I can't. You you know them? Um, I I think I think it is is it genius that does the um does them th- does them videos or used to do them videos where like they like uh, show the um uh, rhyme scheme. Uh, they yeah, they show the rhyme schemes and then they colour them. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that should. Bring it back, whoever did yeah. it. Like Bring it back, please, because that shit was fucking clean and I haven't seen them recently and I feel like they should be brought back because I just need it for I'm very interplanetary and very, various experiments. That's, that's, just, that's, a dumb, that's a dumb first line. That is stupid. That is absolutely ridiculous, right? Gregarious with verbals for your merriment. What LP tell me to use, the beat diffuse. You lose and get played like a moog. I'm rude, revolting, leave you molting. No thing compares to my compadres. We'll take it to Broadway. It's beautiful, the execution. Flawless, you all wet, soggy, groggy when you saw me. But I never tire whenever I adjust my thrust. Females blush. I bring the California gold rush. Glorious. Absolutely outstanding. And then LP comes in with a fucking second verse here. And then uh, Dell comes in with a third as well. But LP on here goes... Here we go, up jumps the outcast, sever the connection. My mostly overconfident acquaintances pull numbers to the anti potions and f- uh, and fear that I drip sick in and rise out of my shell to teach sick or beridden MCs till they fear living. Blocking the cocks at bus shots, spitting smitten bitches till the day of the locust, kitchen cutlery cuts, DMX 16 crossfade. With a strange lust, Doctor Strange love, born in the back of a train, fameless shame, shared with acne, pick, brain pit. What the fuck are we talking about? Here? What are we did? We're just we just we're on another just level right now, bro. We're, we're just barring. Barring. We're, we're up there. <laughs> we're up, we're up just, there. Just saying shit, but it's fire. I can't even lie. It's because I feel like you know, there's some. I can I can see with, you know in some people. You know, I mean, we did Cannabis, right? The the god of just saying shit, right? <laughs> but it's kind of heat. It's kind of heat. I don't care. I don't care. It's heat. I don't care if it makes sense. It's heat. It sounds fucking good. And it just sounds fucking good, man. It just sounds freaking good, man. It, I can't, I can't, I, I don't know what else to tell you. Um, but yeah, overall, the album's uh, a little a little laborious. Is, um, you know, just over 70 minutes. Um, it's probably his longest out of the bunch, uh, if I'm not if I'm correct. But uh, yeah, man, uh, I think it's a it's a really production wise. I think it's um, definitely a step up, um, considering you know he did the majority of it. Um, love the features. The features really just um, when they came in, they were just you know top tier. Um, Scotland Crossbones, Fake as Fuck. Um, I mean, the whole middle of the uh, of the album actually, Super Fiend was really good as well. Signature slogans. Oh. That Prince Paul beat was clean. Um, but yeah, man, just um, uh yeah, long but solid, very solid.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, this is what happens when you get into this kind of stuff. Though, like, I had no idea. I didn't because. My introduction to Dell was, you know, obviously Gorillas, and then Deltron 3030. And Deltron 3030 was a, is a concept album, so Dell was very focused on that. And to hear him just, like, at times nonsensical, yeah, it was, it's a bit jarring, but it's fucking amazing. So we get... 11th hour and the the accompanying DVD for this album is quintessential Dell it's it's emotional it's insightful there's no filter and it really did drop at the perfect time as well because everything had just gone crazy hieroglyphics were progressing well Dell was at the helm through his work with gorillas and the iconic deltron 3030 album which I think sits comfortably next to all of its contemporaries mad villainy for one I genuinely think that I I couldn't even tell you that Mad Villainy is better than Deltron 3030 because I don't think I can because Deltron 3030 was just way too important to me. I spent so much I'll time take. with both. It's like I spent so much time with both those albums in the, the mid-2000s. You know, all I ever did was drive around in my little Hyundai and spin those two albums and Dell became part of my life and he introduced me to Gorillas because Clint Eastwood, whilst it's a wonderful beat and, you know, Damon Albarn gives a great vocal performance is Dell, it's Dell that makes that song a hit. You can't deny it, he's the draw card. And my lifelong love of Gorillaz may have started an album later, but it may never have started at all if Dell hadn't have popped up on Clint Eastwood and just exploded that track. And I think a lot of people probably felt the same way. Dell introduced introduced them to something incredible and um, yeah, it's brilliant, It, it really is brilliant. So the 11th hour DVD, I think was perfectly placed for so many people who, got put onto so much incredible music to finally get an understanding of the person behind it because he's not a rapper you hire because you want to hit. He's the one that you hire because you want exactly what he delivers, which is mind-bending lyricism via high-level technical skill with a voice that is instantly recognizable and content that leans heavily into the cynicism of modern society Um, which is the detriment of, you know, the escapism that most pop hits have. So you're not going to get three minutes to breathe in fresh air with Dell. You're going to have to sit down and think. And that's why his songs were so unique. That's why those Gorillaz songs were so unique when he popped up on them because he he gave something completely different to everything else that was on pop radio at the time. It's similar to what we were speaking about with Nas Barkley. It was last week or the week before. Um, those lyrics from CeeLo was so intense on crazy and that's, that's Dell, you know, it's something different. And Dell spoke to Todd E. Jones in depth about the DVD to this album. I'm sorry I'm talking about the DVD so much, but it is interesting, like it just follows him around. He says, me and Grant, the director of the DVD, just kind of let it formulate and come together naturally. He thought that my lifestyle was interesting enough to do. The DVD centered around it as opposed to just tour footage that I pulled from different places. He helped me formulate my own theories. I'm open. Once you get to know me, I really don't have anything to hide. And you know, that's totally true. That's absolutely true. And yeah, I think this album just once again just yeah, it was it was interesting. It was um it was funny reading the pitchfork review. The writer says, There's still cause to wonder how such popular momentum Dell might how how much sorry, popular momentum Dell might have lost by ducking into the sidelines all these years and I don't th- i think that shows a pretty clear lack of understanding of Dell's ethos so far like i don't think he has a desire for the spotlight if it means compromising his art i actually think that's a really tone deaf thing to say because maybe they were saying it in the sense of like he has done it and they understand why he did it but it just seems like why would you say that because if you listen to Dell's music it makes perfect sense why he ducks into the sidelines he doesn't he doesn't seem to enjoy the spotlight you know the 11th hour was not some sort of triumphant pop rap return where he tried to like dip back into some mist Doubleina or, you know, tried to pull from his work with gorillas. It's it's just another Dell album. And it is different to every album he's dropped thus far because he keeps growing and progressing. Um, and yeah, look, I, I, I will admit that I prefer Deltron and Dell uh, in his earlier iterations. Um, but I think on this record, especially technically, he continues to ascend, you um, and you know, yeah, it was, maybe it was a mid two thousands kind of. Maybe it got hamstrung by that a little bit, but um, yeah, man, I still think it's brilliant. I still do think this is a brilliant project. And then we get Funk
1: Man. Ah, uh, yes, Funk Man. All right, so out of the bunch I listen to. This is my favorite. Um, but it's not lyrically as best. I would say you know it's probably like you know both sides. Uh, maybe right. Um, but. Again, it's not, his, it's not his best, but uh lyrically it's not, but you know, no need for alarm, both sides, but anyway. Funk Man is super fascinating because he's back into the funk, ladies and gentlemen. And I really like him when he's over funk beats. I, I I said jokingly, if you have funk in your name, like you need to do you need to do shit over these over these kind of beats, but fuck it's so good, it's so good. Um I just, I just really enjoyed this listen. It's really, you know, bright and colourful. Um, it's funky, you know. It's, it's got some electronic elements in it, but it's, it's, it's just really solid listen, you know. It's, it's twelve tracks, and he just has, he just has fun with it. I, I can't, I can't imagine, you know, s- someone not having in- any enjoyment to. I'm um, smelling myself. It's just. It's 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 fun. It's fucking fun. Like lyrically, it's not you know the best. He's not like going into he's not you know rhyme scheming like fucking crazy. But it's hella fun. It's just hella fun to listen to. Um, <laughs> it's just really good. Uh, simple satisfaction. Uh, one of my favorite uh, out of the bunch as well. Um, straight from the big bad West Coast is oh gosh, it's just it's just so tough, so tough. Add pressure to your box, tell it to stop, but there was a rock, unmovable juggernaut, astronaut, but on the asphalt with my rap vault, now open to the public for observation, admiration of how he used to play it, Days and maze with flow, any engagement is like a wedding reception, hope you get a reception, don't miss out on this fresh cut, jeer, try to tell, try to told you, I visualise with mind of Minolta, defining the culture, move with it groove with it body and soul connect we about to perfect the action for simple satisfaction that come from saying that we did it just tough just really flowy really just enjoyable to listen to like you could tell he was just he was just having a ball with this one so i'm having a ball he's having a ball let's all have a ball yeah, Can't i mean
0: and we me get automatic static um, a promo for this album is, is pretty fascinating. Same year, bro,
1: fucking hell. Say? Oh, Same yeah. You.
0: Same year. Yeah, no, he didn't He didn't fuck around. He dropped this. So the promo for this album, I've never heard of anything. like You will never guess it. It's been like nothing before. It says, Dell's new album, Automatic Static, is available for download at a pay-what-you-want price, $3 minimum. If you pay $30 or more, you get a limited set of... Dell Funkman skull candy headphones and a personal phone convo with Dell himself Max 15 minutes so there you we go skull
1: candy fuck
0: firstly got the skull candy, firstly, the skull candy fo- that's a bargain bro that's an absolute bargain you have to admit like Dell is like the humility this late into his career to feel like 15 minutes on the phone with him is only worth 30 bucks is <laughs> madness to be like bro you were well worth more than that but like that's just Dell very down to earth this was his 15
1: minute with 15 minute phone call with Dell or dinner with jay-z what are you picking
0: well i mean it's gotta be Dell, right it's jay-z <laughs> jay-z's just gonna sit there and eat his lobster and be like finish your lobster ben <laughs> let's let's get out of here <laughs> I'm like, fuck. Yeah, at least Dell might say some yeah, wild <laughs> Dell might hit you with some wild knowledge, some shit you've never heard of before, you know. So this was this was Dell's third album of two thousand and nine, Funk Me and Automatic Static and Parallel Universes with Team One. And yeah, we thought we were gonna get Deltron thirty part two, Deltron thirty thirty part two. We were actually promised it would drop that year and yeah it is true that i did not really listen to automatic static when it dropped because i was a little bit disappointed i thought we were going to get deltron 3032 i did but i really do love it now because it has straight up throwback energy kind of feels like 1992 thought 2009 would sound like which is a really weird mix, but it's quite beautiful. And I think Dell's vocals, he's just molding them really well around these catchy beats and his cadence kind of lends whatever he needs to any song. On Make an Ass of Yourself, he flows like absolute honey and this beat is all like hard edges and jagged peaks. It's actually a really gross beat with a dumb title, but somehow Dell makes it work. And that's been my impression of just Dell in general. It does not matter what the production is, he will turn it into something interesting. And uh, I just think continuing to ascend in terms of technical skill, like obviously a rapper who doesn't stop learning, doesn't stop understanding the craft. And I think automatic static is, yeah, it's a step up for me from the last couple of projects. Hmm,
1: Interesting. It's interesting you say that because I kind of felt the other way when it came to it Ain't Illegal Yet. Um, and I don't know whether this is the case for GoldenEar and in the most, but um, for my last two here... Um, he also has the three dollar um fixed uh, price and uh i think these are all on his Bandcamp, by the way for those that are interested um uh apart uh, after for, after i think uh, 11th hour um most of these are pretty much they're definitely all on Bandcamp, that's for sure um only a couple of them might be on streaming um but yeah just so you know um but yeah ain't illegal yet which also um just just on, on the just to continue with the skull candy theme, big up skull candy. Um, because I don't know, I for some reason skull candy was just the thing I used to just cop when I yeah, was like yeah. when I just yes, first yeah. started buying my own earphones because they were cheap, right? And they just look fucking nice, they just look crispy. Um, I, I, I hazards to um spin. Uh, tunes with Skull Candies now. Um, <laughs> I wonder how they sound these days um, now that I have a more mature ear um, than when I was 13. But um, it'll be interesting just getting into that. But uh, yeah, the album cover on this one is just straight up like yeah, Skull Candy, presented by Skull Candy, just right there. Just yeah, if you want to, if, if you're down to do that. Um, but yeah, uh, this is not. Fun for me to listen to. Uh, I found the production, excuse me. I found the production just really strenuous to me, really stressful. I was just, it was just really, oh, it's just. Oh, I don't know what the word is, but it was just so constantly. It it was like it was like the beat was shouting at me. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just. It's, it was like, please stop, <laughs> please. Please stop shouting at me! It's it's just coming at me with just random shit, just throwing things at me, and I'm just like, eh, and then like, you know, he he can he can only do so much on that front, right? In terms of coverage, like um, lyrically, is fine, It's solid. I, I'm I <laughs> give it say what you want about um say what you want about a production choice um for this for for this album, which I am saying I don't know why say say what you want. I'm saying it, but um. You know, he ain't gonna miss lyrically, right? He's he's still gonna hit you with, you know, either either you know, Deltron kind of uh, kind of vibes or just just saying shit kind of vibes. Either way, it's gonna be heat, right? But yeah, production wise, this is just really just threw me for a loop and not in a not in a fun way. It was just, um, uh. Yeah, it was just it was just constantly grinding on me and then the next track was just equally as it, equally as grinding but for some but, but somehow completely different i don't know how he managed to produce i don't even know if he produced actually let me check um but um it, it, I don't know how he managed to have uh that many uh, uh 11 tracks where they all sound different and they all sound just <laughs> completely. <laughs> Completely, just oh, laborious to me. Is is I don't enjoy that kind of uh, that kind of production, man. Uh, it's just really yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, so re re produce, um, by sir D- you say DZL or Dizzle? I, I don't know. But, um, yeah, I'm not sure about. Yeah, that. it's just uh, and even and even the fact that there was like cuts. Shout to Zach Hendricks on the cuts, but yeah, he he also had like these. Elements of just like um, sometimes funk being added, but these, but these just straight up cuts as well. And even with that, I was just like, it. Just, it just I usually get you know kind of excited when um, purposeful cuts are added. You know, Jurassic Five, for example. You know, when they add cuts in there, I'm just like, oh, yes, this is it's it's musical porn for me sometimes. But I listen to this and they're adding cuts. I'm like. Stop adding things. No, don't add cuts as well. <laughs> just, just, oh, The whole thing just stressed me the fuck out. But yeah, <laughs> it's, just, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's for an eclectic taste, let's just say that. If you're if you're about that kind of thing, um, you know, sometimes I can't listen to, you know, the likes of a uh, a JPEG Mafia records. you know what I mean? Because the production is just a little bit too out there for me. It, this is kind of that realm for me personally.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely. That's just so varied. Dell's later career. Like he actually said in an interview once that he's like, "Fuck it." <laughs> he says all that. He has all these different versions of himself. He said they come out in every different project. Like everything is. Yeah, it's it's really fascinating. It's all over the place. Golden era. We get the next album. Um, his last. What are you up to here? No, gosh, he does have a lot of albums, doesn't he? Oh my, three gosh. more. <laughs> hero so this album had some push behind it um, it's got a metacritic score it's the second album of his to get enough reviews from a Metacritic score uh, it was released as a triple CD package with automatic static and funk man which is very cool some of the stuff Dell did to promote his albums is actually really triple cool. CD um he said he told matt Shea that he did that to reward his loyal fans by giving them something a little bit special shay then asked Dell how he described the change if any in his style over the years and Dell responded my style has changed but i guess in time i've tried to refine my style more than change it i've tried to get more to the point i think as an artist that's your number one goal to be as simple as possible you try to convey your message in the clearest and most purest way you can do it so that's my goal always. As far as lyrically, I tried to be more direct, and more precise about what I was trying to do. And musically, I'm trying to cut out a lot of the extra fluff and trying to be more precise as a compu- as a composer. And I do like that. I remember um, my favorite band of all time, Placebo. They were saying something similar, you know, in the late, late 2000s, early 2010s. They said that they felt like in order to progress as songwriters, they wanted to be more simple. They wanted to make their points clearer and that's really interesting you know if we look at someone like lupe fiasco for example he's gone in the exact opposite direction you know so same with jay-z you know instead of making things more simple jay-z on 444 went in the opposite direction so yeah it's interesting that, that dell had that belief um and i don't think dell lost any of his edge or appeal um you know i think that this project is is still pretty incendiary it's still pretty intense um Yeah, it's interesting. The Pitchfork review was really funny for this album because it actually mentions Odd Future, Lil B, Waka Flocka, Gucci Mane, and Dat Piff. And it just felt so jarring to hear those names mentioned alongside Dell. Del. But that is the lane that he created, you know, alternative rap. These are artists who existed outside of the mainstream bubble, but are mainstream enough that most people know who they are. And Dell's alternate status was, it was jarring um, hearing him up next to those artists at Pitchfork mentioned, but those comparisons were accurate. You know, that's where he, that was the kind of lane he was in at the time. And, yeah, I thought this project was good. You know, again, it was a Dell project. I wasn't sure what to expect. Dell was a constant. Like, his vocal presence is just a constant. And I think that that calms you down, uh, calms me down a little bit when he's starting to go into really weird directions. I'm like, yeah, but it's still Dell. It's okay. Like, I, it's still his voice. I'm, I'm still safe. Like, I don't know where you're going to go with this, but, you know, so, yeah, I felt like that with this project.
1: I think that's a, that's a good point um, on his legacy so to speak and uh my last one's root simulation which is it's fine it's solid um a little karma on the beat front for me um and also you know with the nicer uh, uh instrumental um additions as well um he uh, he has a uh, 10 tracks overall but um there's also uh 11 to 20 of just uh some bonus beats some some are just straight up instrumentals of tracks uh previous but um there's also some uh random uh just you know additional beats as well one called uh cobra latin vad gi joe hq take take that how you want um but yeah so it's, uh, it's that's pretty solid um but i feel you know just anyone on my side um i think i think that that little bit of legacy, I guess, is very interesting. Um, and I actually never thought about it like that. I never thought about it in that in that essence of you know who he's actually inspired because he, you know, has done it obviously via mostly via hieroglyphics and, um, and, and entire Imperium and stuff on like that. Um, that's obviously you know, kind of his baby, mostly, right? And we usually well we did when we did the higher episode kind of took it that way of just, um, you know, Hyro, um, really paved a way for, you know, independence and doing it with a collective of people that, um, you know, have that collective sound and they're fine with that and they constantly tour, they, you know, shell merch and all that stuff and you know, and obviously, Dell's done that. Done a very eccentric thing of making his album three dollars, um, and having the additional, you know, oh, <laughs> I'll have a fifty-minute phone call, etc., etc. Um, I think that's very interesting. Not that I expected, you know, the likes of, you know, I don't know Brockhampton or you know Old Future to do the same, but I do feel that there's some form of artistry that Dell has done throughout especially his solo career um that I think has by a by a, uh, a subconscious osmosis, right where I feel like a lot of people have taken from Dell on that front um and have kept it eccentric and I'll be very interested in seeing what a what a Dell super fan actually, you know uh what they would say about Dell um because i feel like there's a lot of ways you a lot of roads you can take it whether it be how you know eccentric his bars can be or the fact that he can you know also produce one of the um one of the best concept albums in hip hop history <laughs> or, uh, or or be able to do anything in between on that front uh, his uh, his lyrical dexterity his subject matter dexterity for one thing vote uh, for straight up just word count lyrically um unique words all of that shit probably right I'm sure that's uh somewhere as well but um you know I feel like there's a lot of artists that we could probably name that are you know doing it right now have been doing it for the past 10 years that you know may have listened to Miss Doblin or may have listened to Clint Eastwood and heard Dell and they're just like oh shit that's tough and I you know um, I'm sure there's plenty because I don't I don't feel like Dell gets those um, you know when um, you know when you go on like oh Wikipedia and they have like a tab of influences and you know all oh, this I stated whose influences are this and this and this I don't see Dell that much in those lines in those um, in those designations but I'm pretty sure if we asked um, a lot of them that they would say yeah yeah I like Dell yeah Dell, Dell did a lot for me um uh, uh, maybe not in person or you know exclusively one to one or whatever but just by listening to him definitely um m- maybe via his hiro work or even via his solo work maybe because i don't really know anybody that guesses up dell's solo work which i which is why i found this episode to be interesting because it's just one of those he's just one of those dudes that are ever present and I don't actually hear people talk about the solo albums like, oh, yeah, yeah, really love both sides of the brain. Yeah, that actually is, that actually is he S- said nobody that I know, but <laughs> I don't know everybody. Um, I'm sure there's plenty of people that think that. You know what I mean? But I'm sure there's plenty of people like that. But um, I feel like uh, uh, on the surface level, people like Dell. For either the features or via the collaborations he's done over the years or via just the fact that he's, you know, de facto leader of hieroglyphics. Um, I don't think people go via the his solo work and have that as the uh, inflection point for them. But it's it could it could happen because there is some very eccentric shit here, very different, um and Every album is just something fresh, um, and and just gives you something different for better or worse, you know, and uh, I respect that. I respect that artistry, um, definitely. Just to keep it, just to keep it consistent and to keep it interesting for himself, um, but yeah, man, just uh, yeah, there's a there's a lot there's a lot you could probably charge to Dell as a positive, um, in hip hop history. I feel like he's just One of those people that I don't feel, you know, produces or or even or even uh, sets the foundation of somebody else that does something crazy or does something that people don't like. But they look to Dell and he's just he's just minding his own business. He's doing his things. He's doing his albums. He's dropping mixtapes as well. He's dropping shit on Bandcamp for three quid. He's just doing his thing, <laughs> and you know he doesn't. he doesn't bother nobody else, and uh, you know, and I I respect that. So,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the last album, iller than most. I think that's a nice place to end as well, because it's a. There's such humility in that title. Like he's admitting that he's great, but he's not sounding deluded. Like you know, Simba saying he's better than Eminem. Like you know what I mean? Like it's just, I'm ill. I'm iller than most. Maybe not everyone, but and and I don't see that album title as defensive or even assertive. I see it as just a rational statement of fact. And I that's why I said at the start of the episode, it's one of the more uh, rare artists and more unique artists that we have ever covered because, you know, what Dell did with Hieroglyphics is incredible, but he doesn't get the credit he deserves. He was the creative force behind all of that. You know, he was the one who came up with their logo. He's the one who came up with their direction. Uh, he was the he was the star of the group. He was, you know, he was producing. He was, every time he popped up on a mic, he stole the show. It's why a lot of people tuned into hieroglyphics in the mid and late 2000s is because of Dell's, you know, what happened with Gorillas and what happened with Deltron 3030. And so we don't give him the, I don't think he gets anywhere near the credit. I mean, before we started this series, I had no idea about Dell's role in hieroglyphics. I knew what hieroglyphics were, but I didn't, I never listened to them before. I didn't have any understanding All I really knew about Dell was that he kind of blew up off gorillas and I was like, you know I didn't know where he'd come from or what had happened and when I found out Like how long ago mr Dobelina came out because again, I didn't know what year it came out. I i'd been listening to it in the Early to mid 2000s. It was all over our as I say music video stations in australia. It was I reckon I saw it every two or three days. It was that common um I had no idea it came out in like 92. So Dell's story is really fascinating and I do agree with Charlie. I feel like I, there's gotta be people out there who were inspired by Dell. Like gotta be a lot of people and just be curious as to who they were because yeah, I don't think he gets the credit he deserves. Um and yeah, no, this was a this was a fun app. This was one of the more interesting and enjoyable discographies we've covered recently. So yeah, no, uh, shout out
1: Dell. Definitely. And uh I should finish there and head on to the lower note if you have infinite.
0: Uh, no, I don't really have anything this week. Um, no, nah, my week's been pretty fricking boring, man. Pretty fricking boring. Um,
1: uh, I'm, I've made a pact to myself. I'm going to hop off, uh, Twitter. Yeah. Um, by New Year's. Um, I did that with Facebook a couple of years ago. Haven't gone back. Love that for myself. Um, and I, if you told me this time last year, that the last um that the last stand the last app standing social media app standing for me would be instagram i'd i'd be like what the fuck happened <laughs> how the fuck did that happen cuz i thought i'd be on twitter for 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 ages i thought i'd be on there like till till you know the apocalypse comes um but yeah just um mate shit don't shit <sighs> The app doesn't load half the time, like the tweets don't load half the time. Uh, have like go off and then go back on it again, leave it for a couple minutes or something. I don't know, it just doesn't happen the first time. Sometimes messages don't load or whatever, or they do load, then they just don't send notifications, so it's just there. Um, random fuckers are following me now, it's just like oh, oh, this is where we get into, so yeah, man, just um. It's just find it, I'm just finding less less um the, the the user experience is just uh you know uh obviously getting lesser and lesser and uh, it's just becoming a bit whack um and I'm not really regular it anymore so yeah man they'll that, that, be I'm just I, I'm only doing till you know I'm only giving myself New year's because I I just like to lo- use New year's as a kind of just like the clean slate going to the year like boom on oh midnight i'm deleting that shit it's gone you know what i mean and i'm just like cool with that um no idea what i'm doing fifth element wise i i might just i don't know take it to instagram i guess um i guess and just, just start that over again because my 5 EIG got locked out sometime last year and i couldn't be asked to restart it um so i might might do that um but who knows? Who knows how we'll do that? Because I don't know. I, f- I, I, mean, I mean, we talked about this before um, a while back about you know the only countercultural thing you can possibly do now in this day and age is not be on social media, and um, you know this is this this is the the thing I want to do over time where I'm just not on social media like that. Um, I don't know if Reddit counts. Reddit doesn't count for me. I I, I use Reddit very sparingly. <laughs> I don't I don't use it as a social media thing at all. I just I just look at it for funny shit and interesting stories if anything, you know, if I like a you know just if I'm just fucking about and want to read something interesting or see something interesting then Reddit, but um yeah, I don't actually talk to people on there or like connect with anyone via Reddit. I don't really consider it a social media site like that. It's like stumble upon but not stumble upon. If you if anybody remembers that site, stumble upon, goated. You literally just press the button and it will give you an interesting as fuck site and it always works. Like if you spend an hour on that, you'll find like at least five websites where you're like, This is actually kind of fire <laughs> and I've I've, I've I've been so sad. I've been so sad ever since that site went. I was. I've just. There's been a hole left. There's been a hole left in me um, that cannot cannot be filled, um, and that's unfortunate. But um, yeah, you know, it is what it is. So um, by by hopefully the t- by hopefully the first of January, I'll be I'll be saying chucking the deuces to to Twitter um, very happily by that point, <laughs> and uh, yeah, moving on to. Moving on to Greener Pastures, trying to do other things with my time, because I spend a lot of time looking onto Twitter and trying to read articles and stuff like that. I have to find a different place to do that. Um, but yeah, um, also writing wise, I'm writing a novel, um, started writing a novel, um, I'm about only five pages in, but, um, I feel like it's going to get, yeah, 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 hopefully, um. It's, good. it's It'll probably get better around um, by the time I actually get to the stuff I've actually written before because it's just based on a script I wrote a few, like, a year or so ago, and I wanted to flesh out the story more because I had more. So, yeah, write into a novel. Try and just squeeze all the juice out of it. Um, but, yeah, it's going slow at the moment because I'm still doing backstory and I'm kind of freestyling that, <laughs> which, which is never the healthiest way of doing things when it comes to a writing process but um i've done it before and it's worked so i'm fine taking the pain of just staring at the screen for eight hours and just uh hoping something comes out because at some point it will and uh and i'll I'll be happy for that so yeah happy days well, yeah. I tell you,
0: I tell you one thing, Charlie. You are gonna miss Twitter because I was scrolling while you were talking, and the kind of thing that you're gonna miss is Miley Cyrus has debuted a new hair color. It's currently brown. So look, man. I I want to do you to do what's best for your well being, but I don't want you to miss out on important current affairs. So maybe I'll continue to keep you up. i gonna. I'll continue to keep you updated. I'll send you the important ones. you don't have to go on there. I'll take that for you, but I'll send you screenshots of the important information, and that way, maybe that will help ease the transition. What do you think
1: The thing you don't know, ladies and gentlemen, is he sends me sometimes most of <laughs> the point in the shit and I'm just like and, and on, most bro. of the time I'm waking up to them, so I'm just like I look at it, and I'm just like. Oh, I'm going back to bed. Fuck it. Like, I just, I just put my phone down. Just, I sometimes don't even respond. <laughs> it's, just, it's just, I'm just like, what am I doing with that information? It's, just, it's just so fucking useless. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fucking it. Hey. Yeah. Fuck
0: Social God. media, ladies and gentlemen. Fuck's sake. Like, right, anyway. All right. I'll
1: we'll leave it there, ladies and gentlemen. From the Five p.m. it has been Digging Digits. Hope you enjoyed this episode. I'm Richard Taylor, fifth element.
0: Maybe have been cut Hip hop numbers.
1: We have October next month. For those that didn't know, and that means we have our yearly UK Black oh, yeah. History Month. Yes. So we're. I'm excited for this. Five, yeah, we got a fresh five UK hip hop artists. Actual hip hop. Okay, we're not talking like UK rap or drill, this is straight UK hip hop, and um, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. Um, Shall I give out the names now, or just keep it?
0: Uh we can, we got we got mind. Derek
1: B up first, and then you guys okay, can figure we have, it out from there. We got Derek yeah, B up we, first. We have, <laughs> figure it out like, like like I'm gonna guess all five correctly. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, I think it's a good mix actually this 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 year because we have um you know a couple from you know like like Derek B for example that is um. I think he's like the first artist that ch- first hip hop artist that chid or got signed. I forget which he one is. it was. He was the uh, first to yeah. do something. He, he's um, the first to do actually
0: many things. Yeah.
1: Right. He's first first of many. Um. So yeah, very important. Uh, Derek B in hip UK hip hop history. Um. That I don't think you know. Well, UK hip hop hasn't been. I think covered or documented as uh, well as it could have. Um. Even compared to something like Grime, which has had tons of documentaries um e- e- you know books and all that shit i don't think uk hip-hop has gotten a slither of any of that um which is partly why we do this um but yeah we got you know someone like derek b but we also got like a good mix of some people in the 90s 2000s so you know we're getting there but uh you know there's some good there's some good, hi- there's some good uh, historical names in there and uh some good music all around so um yeah you're definitely guaranteed if you're gonna obviously this you know whole podcast is you know some form of educational entertainment edutainment um and i feel like this is very educational i feel um you're going to hear some names that you may have heard you're going to hear some names that you most likely haven't and uh, i think that's all for the better so yeah uk black history month for the rest for the for the entirety of october that's 5 weeks 5 episodes and uh, we hope you tune in for those uh, but until then hope you all have a good week which we always try and do the same but until the next time thank you easy, easy, all right peace the <music> getting digits is produced by me and ben carter which i was edited by me music for the show is piece of mini games by bonus points thanks to Chill music for the ability to use Socials with filament, hip hop, by numbers, bonus points, and chill music will be in the full show notes as well as names of projects reviewed wherever you're listening. This has been a fire EP in production. Thanks for spending time with us. We'll see you next time for UK Black History Month on Digging Digits.